When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome on into a Monday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. The Yankees won the most recent game, so therefore they're great. All their problems are solved. We don't even need to think about the first two games in Milwaukee, which were pretty painful. I did not like them, and yet we've gotten to a place where six up on the Rays, six up on the Jays. So... We're going to recap the weekend series a little bit, talk about what we liked, obviously holding on for dear life at the end of the game. They led 10-4 and 12-6 in the 8th and ninth. is isn't the dream situation. Uh, Clay Holmes, still not all the way back. Jonathan Loazaga, obviously still not all the way back. Uh, and Frankie Montas. <laughs> it's like if Sonny Gray were actually bad. Like people are like, oh, Sonny Gray 2.0. Sonny Gray's first like 15 starts, pretty good. <laughs> just not good enough. Yeah. Like you just left, they were, you were left wanting more Frankie Montas, like legit bad. And now getting his shoulder checked out. We'll talk about all that, but it's Aaron judge time. It's an Aaron judge pod. And we're going to talk about uh, the Aaron's actually going to talk about Aaron Hicks, obviously. Cause he went public with uh, <laughs> some, 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 he decided to be a troublemaker at the one yard line. He decided to, you know, be Malcolm Butler on the 2022 Yankee season. Is it going to sink them? I don't know. Probably not going to be the, the, final factor there is he going to play a home game ever again fantastic question but he decided to show up at the last minute uh cause a ruckus but don't let that distract you from Aaron Judge who how many times really honestly this season has he like entered a series not homer to the first game not homer to the second game said no problem I'm gonna hit two in the final game and he, he has so many multi-homer games that have ended these slumps and prolong what's a prolonged slump for Aaron Judge at this point it's like three games and he wasn't even slumping he got a check swing base hit in the first game things are going right for him now uh and he's got 59 bombs one short of babe ruth two short of the american league record and with 16 games to play the hottest aaron judge stretch of the season if he were to repeat his best 16 game stretch would get him to bonds territory he would be in the range of 73 he's not gonna do it he can't do it right he can't. i mean there's no way but like he Maybe could, and this has led to a lot of people properly appreciating his greatness, which we're going to appreciate his greatness, but also some people taking little digs and shots. I don't know what gets into people when when Yankees make history specifically, although luckily the right corners of the internet are coming in to defend Judge, just as they came in to defend Albert Pujols when Max Kellerman was like, I think he's on steroids. And everybody was like, 
shut up, shut up. Hey, shut your mouth. Max Kellerman finally was like, oop, yeah, shouldn't have baselessly accused Albert Pools of taking steroids. My bad. <laughs> I'm going to mulligan on that one. And everyone was like, no, you can't. You did it a day ago. So, no, you actually can't apologize. But we're going to be talking about all things Judge and Hicks and Brewers. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. Be more than happy to answer it, especially now. Thomas Carinante, welcome on into the podcast. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, literally, like, the you know, first the second game of the series is dead silent. First game of the series, Yankees bash the ball in the early innings, don't in the later innings. Nobody's entering that last game being like, Aaron Judge needs to make a damn statement. And it's really all about Garrett Cole. You're like, if he loses to Jason Alexander, I'm going to throw my controller through the television set. Um, and then, of course, though, like, Judge is the star of this team. He's front and center always, but kind of flying under the radar. Nobody's blaming him for the losses. Nobody's demanding he show up on the Sunday. And what does he do? Crushes a home run to get him back in the game. Crushes a home run to put it away. Judge, man. This is really fucking crazy. Um, I'm loving the guy. Uh, Non-Yankees fans simply have to be appreciating it, too. Um, That's just my – if you're a baseball fan, you know, if you're a fan of your team, a.k.a. a Red Sox fan, and don't respect anything outside of your city or your team, that's a different story. Um, But if you're a baseball fan, um, usually you're watching these things and you're having fun watching a guy like Pujols. You're having a fun. You're having fun watching a guy like Clayton Kershaw just continuing to compile good numbers. The hope, hope that his Hall of Fame case is like really, really cool and fun and good, and it makes the game. It, you know, it makes the modern day game more um, uh, kind of viewed through that positive lens because um, so many of the the older players, you know, the, so many older players have a stranglehold in the Hall of Fame. You want to see the guys that you grew up watching make their footprint. Make, you know, make a show that the game has changed, show that these players are, you know, in the canon of, of the greatest of all time. Um, and what Aaron Judge is doing right now, why I'm referencing these older seasons, is he is doing something that literally hasn't been done in 50, 60 years. Um, talking Yanks, best source for Yankees uh, screen grabs and all that, showed a graphic over the weekend after Judge hit his 58th. And the other people on the list with him, the top five are all black and white photos because no one's ever done this. No one's no one's come close to doing this since uh, the 60s. Um, so whenever we're talking about uh, discrediting what Judge is doing um, or anything like that, which we'll get into a minute, it's just weak and it's boring. Um, I understand if you're a Yankees hater or uh, if said player on any insert team here is a rival of yours. Um, you know, you, you should still be respecting the journey um, and everything that comes with it, because this is a once in a lifetime type thing, maybe twice in a lifetime type thing that um, that that you're ne- you might never see again um, or uh, you might be too old to even comprehend what's happening. You know, you're 80 years old and you're kind of mush. We're all going to get there one day, maybe. And you're just Hopefully. like baseball um, and you don't know what's going on. Um, so appreciate it now while your brain is healthy, while your body is able, and when your mind is the sort of fully developed, we think most of you have a developed mind, right? I hope. Um, but yeah, so Judge hits 58 and 59 yesterday. Absolute, two absolute tanks, one oppo, one, uh, one to left field. Um, now he's now two away from tying Maris, um, uh, one away from tying Ruth uh, for 60, which would be absolutely immense. And guess what, guys? It doesn't just end there. So before we get into blasting the haters and laughing about their um, aimless criticism, because 
Um, they don't have much to do on their day to day. Um, should probably start filling that list out, guys. There's a lot to do, a lot of the world to see. Um, yeah, ways to entertain yourself. Uh, I'm busy, busy. So guy. many. Yeah, it's very, very easy. Um, Judge, a couple of crazy achievements that are still within reach for him. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm putting this down in writing on yanksyard.com just so maybe one day I'll be viewed favorably if it happens. Um, just kidding. I mean, it's just stats, stat compiling. It doesn't really mean anything uh, f- yeah. from my uh, from my career standpoint. But Triple Crown is within we- reach, folks. It is right there. Um, who is uh, judges tied with Bogarts? For second in the AL with three, a 316 average, Luis Arise of the Twins is 317 right now. He is, yep, one, he is point one point back. One single point. He already has it locked up for slugging. He already has it locked up for OBP. Average is the last one that we're going to have to see. Um, so that would be absolutely incredible, especially because not too long ago when we talked about Aaron Judge um, – uh, potentially re-signing with the Yankees, right? It's been a topic of discussion April, um, May, June, July. He went on MLB Network, sat down with Howard Reynolds, and he talked about how growing up, watching certain players, hitting 300 was a big deal for him. Hitting above 300 was a big deal for him. That's what made a baseball player. And typically in this day and age, you're running into these people who are valuing walks more than average or who are laughing at average, saying that it's a meaningless stat. Um, and, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna argue one way or another, but we will say that both statistics matter, um, and there's no reason to um, think one is greater than the other. If somebody is getting hits, it's just as equal as as importance of getting on base, um, and vice versa. All of it is good, but if you're doing all three of them, beyond incredible. And you never seen someone of Judge's size and stature actually be able to accomplish that. Um, so pretty unbelievable. So that's one. Number two, you mentioned reaching Bonds esque heights. Judge right now um, would technically or is on would be on pace right now if he continues to slug the ball fairly well, finish the year with an above 700 slugging percentage. That would be the first time that's happened since Barry Bonds did it back in 2004. And I mean, he slugged fucking 812. So I don't even know how that's possible. 80% of the guys hits were extra absolutely out of this world. So and you want to talk about someone who's doing this fairly as of right now, to our knowledge, to MLB's knowledge, Aaron Judge is doing this the clean way, um, has not been connected to or accused of anything. Uh, Barry Bonds, unfortunately, as much as we love him, I love Barry Bonds, my favorite baseball player growing up, uh, a lot of evidence stacked against him, even though MLB isn't really taking action there. Still don't really understand what they're doing um, on that front. Um, but that you comparing Judge – to someone as impactful as Bonds, who was arguably the greatest hitter of all time, if you're to look at it from an all-around perspective, um, I don't know how you, I don't know how you don't view that as something that's out of this world. Um, and finally, judges OPS plus. For advanced metric folks, I know you're going to like it. For the 40 and older crowd, I'm not so sure. Um, Judge has an OPS plus right now of 213. That means he's better than everybody, and then more of those, and then 13% of people who don't exist. If I'm if I'm to understand the stat correctly, he's essentially better than 100% of the league when you hit the 200 threshold. OPS plus of 100 is league average. 
Then you get to 200 and you're better than everybody. And then you get to 13. And then I guess they just start bringing in old players who might've performed well. And you're like, Oh yeah, maybe these 13% of old, old ball players. No, I don't know. But the number 213 OPS plus is absolutely incredible. Um, Sweeney Murdy pointed this one out on Twitter this morning and I grabbed it. Uh, what judge is doing this year is what Ruth looked like for his entire Yankees career relative to the rest of the league. So you want to talk about looking back in time or imagining a time when Babe Ruth played and how legendary it was because he's talked about as, you know, some uh, a, a fairy tale folklore or whatever judge is doing it and he's doing it slightly better, four points higher. Um, so I don't know how you pick anything here to discredit what he's doing. Um, just because of how maybe it's tough for some people because it looks so effortless for Aaron judge. And you're like, Oh, this again, well, cool, whatever. But you're talking about, and this is where I'll leave it. Every year we talk about how hitters are disadvantaged, how this is the most promising and prosperous times for pitchers to flourish. It's the easiest time to pitch and it's the hardest time to hit. And Aaron Judge is having a seat. No one's close to him. Next closest in home runs is Kyle Schwarber with 38. I think he's 21 ahead. Um, 39. He hit another one, but he's 20 20 back. Nice. Still a lot of home runs. That's still a tremendous season from Kyle Schwarber, who's all-star caliber caliber player. Um, But you're talking about an environment that fully favors pitchers. And Aaron Judge is doing this, which literally looks like something, you know, you'd pull out of a 1940s, um, any year in the 1940s decade. Um, so stop trying to discredit him. Just enjoy watching baseball. There's not much time left. And we could put a bow on this with a couple of other incredible achievements on top of just the hopeful home run record, which he's, uh, he's, he's three away from breaking. Um, it's, it's, it's simply, a, a it's going to go down in the record books and you will be known as, as a viewer who managed to watch this happen the entire time. So God bless you too, viewer. Hey, there is a chance that this Yankee season becomes known for something other than Aaron Judge. A chance. Chance. They're getting people back. Anthony Rizzo had three hits yesterday. Uh, Like, people are getting healthy. The pitching staff is rounding into form. You never know. Team could go on a run in October. I'm not going to sit here on September 19th and tell you it's absolutely impossible. That said, you are sitting through the most spectacular Aaron Judge season. You, You, This might be the peak of his career. You know, it's not that's not a criticism anymore. Saying Aaron Judge peaked in 2022, not a criticism when it it is the most historic offensive achievement of the past several decades. So that's you know, I can't imagine him going for higher than this. If he does, again, God bless him, just like God bless you, the viewer. But you are currently <laughs> sitting through like this isn't a Yankee fandom thing. This is a major league baseball fandom thing. You don't have to root for Aaron Judge to hit these marks but you have to appreciate what you're seeing. And people could say anything on Twitter. You could say, you can log. The best part about Twitter is you can log on and say whatever you want. You're going to sit through the criticism. If what you say is kooky, but yeah. you can say whatever you want. It's a free platform, not restricted. Elon Musk has not turned on the no dumb tweets switch. You can make dumb tweets. Uh, I saw the, the Sox notes guy, the Red Sox notes guy who always circulates. Good notes. Uh, if you followed, there are people who, if you followed them, you would just think whatever team you follow is having the most interesting, spectacular season of all time. He's the one, like, if you just followed him, you'd be like, Rafael Devers is surely setting records. Xander Bogart is certainly setting major league records. And he tweeted the first, this is to your point about the offensive environment. 
He tweeted over the weekend, the first 20 starts for the Sox comparison between Pedro Martinez and Michael Waka this year. Now the numbers, pretty even. Hitters are hitting 216 against Waka in his first 20 starts. 209 for Pedro. 103 whip for Waka, 102 for Pedro. Oh, except for the fact that Pedro was pitching in the heart of the steroid era with the best stuff in Major League Baseball history, and Michael Waka is okay in an era where nobody hits. So you can get on to it. He's good pickup. Michael Waka, good pickup by the Boston Red Sox. Somebody's going to pay him for like three years after this season. They probably shouldn't. Solid year. Absolutely. Bang for your buck. Good job by the Sox on that one. But to compare him to Pedro Martinez is contextless gibberish. And Aaron Judge is the Pedro Martinez on offense of this modern era. I'm yes. sorry. It, it's that easy. Like, And I'm giving credit to Pedro in this take. Pedro Martinez in 1999 and 2000 was doing, was doing things to steroid it up major league hitters that, uh, you know, like a pitcher shouldn't have been able to be that spectacular. And he was in this era with pitchers throwing 98 with zip at the corners, everybody, every from the sixth inning on uh, the Brewers somehow don't have enough of those guys. They were bringing in uh soft tossing lefties to pitch the fifth inning yesterday. And for that, we thank them. But every other major league team can go directly from a starter to four relievers who throw 99. It sucks. Hitting sucks. The shift is out there. You know, like people are training differently. People are, you know, pitchers, they break down still like they used to. But people in the 60s and 70s, when they got to the end, the 80s and 90s, when they got to the bullpen, it was a dance party. It was a bunch of dudes throwing 84, trying to touch the corners. Uh, and now it's the the six craziest arms you've ever seen in your life following each other one after another. That's why the Rays have been so prosperous lately. The baseball is dead. The baseball has been changed by the commissioner in order to reduce offense. He can look at the camera like Jim from the office and say he didn't do it, but he did it. 2019, the balls were juiced. 2022, the balls are dead. This is a fact. Pitchers were banned from using sticky stuff last year. And you could see the spin rates go down and down and down. And the offense had a little bit of a bounce back. And then this year, the spin rates have gone up and up and up. And offense is down again. And everybody knows pitchers are using sticky stuff. And people kind of just don't care. Because they're like, eh, we tried to do it last year. Didn't really make the product that much more exciting. Maybe pitch clocks will be the help that we've been desiring forever. Aaron Judge is, is putting up Roger Maris numbers in the most depressed offensive environment we've ever seen. He also, there was a time, even a couple of weeks ago, certainly a couple of months ago, where you would look at Judge and look at the pace and say, I mean, yeah, special, but he's not going to keep it up. I mean, he's going to end up with 55 homers, and that's incredible, but he's not going to break the record. I mean, you guys, come on, you're citing, like, you're giving me June numbers and you're saying he's going to be on this pace the whole year. Nobody's on this pace the whole year. He's going to finish with a really great year, 54 homers in a walk year. And we'll all say that was really impressive. You out homered Kyle Schwarber by 10. Jordan Alvarez second in the AL at 37. Like that would have been a great year. But here we are on September 19th. No Yankees baseball tonight. They come back tomorrow and we're at the point where it's now an upset if he doesn't significantly break Roger Maris's record. Yeah. He needs two to tie, three to pass in 16 games. If he can't hit three home runs in 16 games, it'll be his worst stretch of the season. That's the place we're at right now. And maybe he succumbs to the pressure, and maybe he doesn't do it. But 
Everybody who said he would fall off the pace in May and June, he did not. He exceeded the pace. He was on pace for like 62, 63 homers for a while there. Now he's on pace for like 67, yeah. 68. He's gotten himself in such a good position. It's unbelievable. And like you said, triple crown. Suddenly, and, and part of that is the fact that a triple crown is a little bit easier to attain now. A little bit. Not really, but a little bit. Because the league leader in average doesn't usually hit 356 anymore. There's yeah. no singles hitting guy who hits 360 who's just going to take the average crown and then hand off the power numbers to somebody else. But Judge is 20 up in dingers right now. He is uh, 15 up in RBI, 127 to 112 on Jose Ramirez. And Jose Ramirez, who's uh, not playing us for the rest of the year, so... That's good. We can't give up any RBI to him. We always do that. And he's one point back at the batting average lead. It's unbelievable. Um, I mean, you can't say it. You cannot say anything more uh, except for this. Kevin McGraw, will the Yankees pay him? Um, pass. I don't know. I don't I don't know. Um, I mean, uh, we, we can talk about it a little bit, and we should probably talk about the report today that, um, you know, if they don't pay him, they're not going to pay anybody according to Ken Rosenthal. So uh, I don't know if that makes you optimistic or pessimistic about, I mean, it makes you pessimistic about the offseason as a whole, but it, it made me a little bit more optimistic about them re-signing Judge just yes. because I, I legitimately don't think you can walk into this offseason and say we're not going to spend outside of Judge, like not no on the shortstops, no on Turner, Dansby, Bogarts, Correa if he opts out. Like we're not even looking at it. It's Judge, and if we lose him, we're going to call up the kids and it's IKF Peraza and Volpe and Volpe plays second or third. Like, I don't think you let that leak if you're not ready to put all of your offseason surplus in a judge. Could they blow it? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. But uh, hearing that they're so laser focused, I mean, it's, it would be a mistake to pay a judge and not get in the shortstop market, a mistake that they seem prepared to make, but it would be even wilder if they're like not serious on judge. And then also like, and eh, we're out on everybody else too. We're just going to pocket the money. Well, that would be crazy. And then it, it then it makes you wonder a little bit this past offseason if it, if they're like, okay, if you thought for a second that you might not be able to keep Judge after 2022, why the fuck didn't you sign somebody this offseason then? Yeah. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. So now you're going you're gonna to have judges' money come off the books, and then you're just not going to pay anybody? I don't know. Look, guys, it's all mostly smoke screens and people putting out information early on, and you never really know free agency and, you know, the winter meetings and even the GM meetings, they shock you every year. People are on a move that you never would have expected. Carl's Cray signed with the twins. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. The twins have established now Scott Boris made small market teams establish this, this baseline for acquiring stars where you have to pay a ridiculous AAV, but it's not a long-term deal. So they're making everybody, uh, Scott Boris at least is making everybody pay up regardless of what the market is and regardless of where the interest actually is. He finds the interest and then he takes advantage of it. It's just the way it's going to be forever now. Um, But that did make me feel a little bit better because, man, (laughs) I don't know what happens if Judge leaves and they don't do anything. Like, I like Giancarlo Stanton. I've been one of his biggest critics since the trade just because I didn't really think the Yankees needed him at the time. Um, But he can't carry an offense. He's simply not healthy enough. He doesn't draw enough walks. He doesn't put forth enough good at bats. Um, he simply hits the ball hard and he hits it far and that's his claim to fame. And that's friggin' awesome. Um, but it's not, you wouldn't call that being an all around baseball player. In fact, he's hardly even a half of a baseball player because he doesn't really play the field anymore. Um, and you have Garrett Cole who we should, I guess, talk about for a second. Uh, cause Garrett Cole comes and he pitches the finale of the series against the Brewers. And let's slightly touch on this series. I watched all Friday and I said, fuck you. I will watch pieces of Saturday and Sunday because I'm going to enjoy football on Sunday and Saturday. I had things to do. Um, Friday, they go up five, nothing. Seems like they're about to cruise to a victory. That was nice. Um, they, they don't take advantage of a couple of key moments. Um, they, they end up going two for 11 with runners in scoring position. They leave 11 uh, runners on base. Um, for me though, in this game was Frankie Montas. Uh, the guy is bad. Um, he's not a serviceable starter. His ERA is now over four. Um, he doesn't give you length. He is agonizing to watch because he is incredibly slow on the mound. Um, and he lets the offense get back into it by his failure to establish any sort of rhythm. Um, and he has zero confidence in any of his pitches. So I don't know if that's the Yankees fault 
or if this is always just who Frankie Montas was. Because, look, we've all seen highlights of Frankie Montas, right? We've seen him on the A's. If you sat down and you watch an A's game start to finish, you've sat down and you watch Frankie Montas start against the Houston Astros for an afternoon. No, you fucking didn't. No, you absolutely did not. So I don't know if this is entirely who Frankie Montas is or if whatever tweet the Yankees decided to make after he had come over has been the direct result of this. But, again, painfully, painfully bad. 79 pitches. Only 44 of those are strikes. I don't even know that barely half of the barely over half of them are strikes against the lineup. That is very unspectacular, solid lineup, not discrediting anybody on the Brewers, but it's, you don't go into Milwaukee and you're like, shit, got to do this again. It's like, okay, great. Facing a largely middle of the road offense with a couple of big boppers. Like what decent lineup is not that that's, that's most of the stuff you're going to see. He lasts three and a third, lets the Brewers crawl back into it. Four runs on four hits and four walks. He walked the seven and nine hitters, which directly resulted in three runs, I believe. Um, and Willie Adamas kicked his ass because, God, I like Willie Adamas a lot. I'm really He's glad. really good. Anymore. I like Rowdy Telez, too. I like a yeah. lot of these guys. Kind of a badass team. Like, it's a cool team. Um, they're tight. Wild. But, th- again, here's the scenario. You're Frankie Montas. You're spotted a 5-0 lead against a team in the NL wildcard picture who is dying to get to the playoffs. Who knows what the future holds for this team if they don't make the playoffs? Um, and they're right on the Phillies' tail. I think they're a game and a half or two games behind. Um, yeah. So every win counts for them. And them getting two out of three over the Yankees was huge. But nonetheless, Frankie Montas establishes zero rhythm. The Yankees end up having to go to the bullpen and use seven other pitchers. So that exhausted them for the remainder of the weekend. To secure um, the win, though, right? They used seven other pitchers to secure the win? Oh, nope, sorry, I messed up. Uh, they lost. Oh, well, Okay, well, that's a shame because if you're going to deplete your bullpen like that, you you probably want to lock it down with a victory. You'd you think. Well, I, I, they, they didn't have to use the bullpen the rest of the weekend, though, did they? Right? It was just that Friday. They didn't have to use it on Saturday and Sunday at all? Uh, Saturday wasn't bad. Tyone went five. Um, but I will call Garrett Cole start bad because he went five and he should be going seven. Um, but anyway, the Yankees lost seven to six. Heartbreaker. IKF boots the grounder um, in the bottom of the eighth to tie the game. Um, and then uh, we had a disaster um, in the ninth inning, um, which who even pitched that? The Clay Holmes pitched that entire inning. Yeah, Clay Holmes pitched it. Double, ground out, walk, strikeout, walk, single. Again, single to the nine hitter. I, I don't. I, I don't know how this is happening with the Yankees. So Milwaukee wins that walk off seven to six. It was absolutely brutal. Um, Aaron Boone flipped out, which was fucking awesome. Went off on the umpires. That strike three call on Miguel Andujar was – you could go back and look, hey, that changed the game, sure. But, the again, Yankees went two for 11th runners in scoring position. That was one of the at-bats. So, you know, call it two for 10 if you want to take that away. Still batted 200 with runners in scoring position um, and uh, left 11 runners on base. So you just – you simply can't do that. Um, and Andujar – uh, had a one-two count. The the pitch was six inches off the plate. They called it, and there was a runner on third with one out. So if he gets to see another pitch and puts one in the outfield, that's the that's the lead for the Yankees going into the bottom of the night. That changes the game a little bit. Boone lost his mind, gets ejected, um, and uh, I mean he's the guy. He's one of the few guys showing the fire that that I've been enjoying. Um, do I agree with every single one of his decisions? No. At this point, are we going to agree with any Yankees manager's decision start to finish? I really don't think so. I think the front office simply has too much influence. 
Other um, than like Brian Dable, though, like have you ever loved a manager yeah. or coach like uh, w- without trepidation? Yeah. Like, no. Uh, Joe Torrey by the end, I was like, thank God he's like killing the bullpen. Like yeah. he did. He blew the 04 ALCS. He used Tom Gordon in game three, a 19 8 win. He used Tom Gordon and Paul Quantrill and Mariano Rivera all year long over and over again. He ended Scott Proctor's career. Like, yeah, <laughs> Hall, Hall of Famer Joe Torre for sure. Absol- absolutely, the manager of a dynasty. But by the end of his tenure, I was like, ugh. Uh, I can't build a bullpen or rotation. It's not a managed shit. And then Girardi, it was like, by the book, same deal. Like, getting the same guys tired by August. So... I mean, I'm not – Aaron Boone getting ejected doesn't, like, give me a thrill anymore. I'm not like, there you go, big man. But he does it so often. He's, he's always out. But, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I, I'm not like I, – I, I'm sure I'll, I'll change my tune. I'll change my tune if this team gets eliminated from the postseason early. And I'll say, well, there you go. You know, more bad news for Aaron Boone's culture. Like, I'm not sure what this guy brings to the team. Bad in-game manager, bad culture guy. Uh, but right now, I, I do feel like he's had a representatively solid season. Um, now again, I'm only saying that because they were, you know, they were about to blow the entirety of their 15 game lead a couple weeks ago. And now they've boosted it back up just a little bit. And I'm like, eh, see, he steered the ship out of the disaster, but it did take two months. Yeah. Um, and then you have, uh, and then we have Saturday just to go, we'll get us back on track a little bit. Uh, Saturday Tyone goes five innings, four earned, um, Yankees go down quietly, 4-1. Brandon Woodruff kick, kicked our ass. Okay, fine. Brandon Woodruff should kick our ass probably, right? Brandon yeah. Woodruff is really good. That's a game where I go in Milwaukee and I say, you know what? This guy's border, you know, he's, he's a second tier. You know, he's, he's a true number two, Brandon Woodruff, in my opinion. If he goes seven or eight innings, that wouldn't surprise me. The Yankees kind of go down quietly at times like this. So that one I'm willing to write off. So, but Friday was the tone setter, and then you go into Saturday that flat. Tyone gives up the three-run homer to again Adamas, right? Um, uh, yeah. And then you're at that point, you're like, great, game's over. So then you tune out Saturday, which is great. Maybe you enjoyed your evening. I don't know. Sunday comes, and Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole, the guy that we need to dig us out um, of these holes, but the guy who countlessly does not do it, gives up three runs in the first inning. Uh, Colton Wong three-run homer, and you're just like, what do I do? What do I do with my life all this time I'm spending watching this team? All this time that – forget about watching the team. All this time I'm spending looking at my phone waiting for a notification if I'm on the go, um, mm-hmm. if I can't watch the game, um, or score checking, or whatever it may be. Three runs in the first, and you're just like, great. Yankees get one back in the second with an Oswaldo Cabrera, first career home run. It was very beautiful. I love the man's swing. Um, and then uh, Tyrone Taylor homers in the uh, bottom half, back to four one. Um, Cabrera homered. Uh, Cabrera homered last weekend against the Rays too. He's got a couple now. He did. Yeah, yeah. He homered in the million run uh, finale. Yes, he did. Sorry, sorry guys. Um, that's why Adam's here to correct me. That's why I'm here. Um, anyway, second career home, home run for Oswaldo Cabrera, dead center. It was awesome. Um, and uh, and then it goes back up to 4-1, and you're just like, okay, this is going to be a terribly long afternoon. They have Jason Alexander on the mound. Like, can we please just get to him and figure it out? Um, Yankees eventually do that. They bailed out Cole again, who uh, last outing, refresh my memory, it was recent. He was needed to get us a win. He got rocked, and then we came back and we gave him the run support that he needed. I'll find it out in a second. Um, 
Judge comes back in that top half of the third, blasts home run number 58. The ESPN has this little ticker. Judge, like, you know, the play-by-play. It's like Judge Homer to right, 414 feet, dash. Home run number 58, three tie of uh, uh, three shy of tying the AL home run record. Pretty cool. In basic play-by-plays, they're even they're even um, pampering Judge here. I love it. Rizzo back from the IL, um, and it was interesting because I didn't think it made sense to bring him back for the series because he'd have to travel. They're coming back home this week. Um, did they think it was like some sort of troll? Because I'm pretty sure the Brewers hate him. The Brewers despise him. Mm-hmm. And the Brewers fans hate him from his time with the Cubs. The Cubs and the Brewers have kind of a nasty, like, low-key rivalry. Um, Wilson Contreras is always doing shit to them. It's kind of cool. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe that was the Yankees' troll job. I don't know. They brought Rizzo in for the weekend. Uh, he was laughing on Judge's uh, uh, check swing single on Friday. Um, so maybe that was some uh, mental warfare the Yankees were trying to stage, which I'll respect, and I'll pretend like that was what they were doing. Anyway, Rizzo comes back. Uh, first game back since the Angel series, which at the end of August or something? Yep. That long ago? Jesus. It was. Three weeks ago almost. Uh, he homers, 4-3. Um, the Yankees get a ton of traffic on the bases in the fifth. Um, Stanton rips one to third. Tie game. Uh, it ended up being a fielder's choice, but the infield went a little bit crazy because he hit it so hard. Uh, Oswaldo Cabrera infield single. Higashioka single to center, 7-4. And then they open it up. Um, Hicks even got in on the action. Uh, with a homer, Judge homered again, and then Judge doubled, two-run double, which actually might have saved the day because Clay Holmes gets rocked again in the bottom of the ninth and does, you know, have Judge not hit that two-run double. The game's 12-10 with no outs. And I, I, I'm i sorry, the game is 10-8 with no outs, and I think it's a lot different than 12-8 with no outs, uh, Yeah, you know, just based on how often we've watched baseball. So, um, Garrett Cole gets bailed out from another number four, five starter uh, outing. Um, it's it's getting uh, it's bad though. You know why it's bad is because usually I'd be yelling about this and I'd be furious, but the fact that the Yankees have bailed him out over the last two, um, I'm kind of numb to it. I'm kind of like sitting there and I'm like, okay, Garrett Cole on a mount, on the mound where we have to get bailed out. Um, he's probably going to get rocked, and that's just what I have to live with. The last game was against Boston um, on the 13th uh, where um, he once again got shelled in Fenway, four earned runs um, in six innings of work, uh, three homers. Um, so that was the one I was referencing before. Um, and then he did it uh, against Toronto on August 20th when they badly needed um, that victory um, in the Bronx Uh won't get into context there, but yeah, I'm now numb to Garrett Cole kind of just not being what we need him to be. And I think that that's worse than getting mad about it because now I'm just accepting that this is just the fate. Um, and yeah, a lot of concerns. The bullpen doesn't look good. Um, the offense, once again, streaky Aaron judge is the one who's the, is the only one who's kind of uh, making the engine go at this point, inspiring, you know, any sort of uh, rallies and things like that. Um and I don't know if I trust the rest of this lineup as constructed. We're going to need Rizzo fully healthy. Stanton's got to figure it out. I don't know what that's going to take from him, but it something needs to happen. DJ LeMahieu needs to be back. Um, and there needs to be a clear order of operations with the bottom of the lineup um, because it's doing far. It's doing so not enough that there's no way. Like you can't. 
sit here and call this like one of the best lineups in the league, even if they're fully healthy, if they're doing what they've been doing, because it's not, it's simply over that two month stretch of bad baseball, right? You're mostly missing Giancarlo Stanton over that stretch, which, Hey, if you're missing Stanton, the rest of this lineup should probably still be good because Stanton was a luxury acquisition as we've talked about a million times. Um, Aaron Boone's got to figure out this roster construction. He's got to figure out what to do when Harrison Bader gets back, because then what are you doing with Oswaldo Cabrera? Um, got to figure out the infield construction when DJ LeMahieu was back. Is he going to play third base? Is Donaldson going to the bench? Um, is IKF going to um, uh, third? Is Oswaldo uh, is Oswaldo probably going to play some more short? Is maybe Glaber going to get DH and DJ play second? I don't know. You got to figure it out because I don't know what this team is right now. Once again, I don't know what they are. Yeah, two weeks to figure out the playoff lineup, which still haven't clinched anything, but feeling like more of a legit, you know, a a real possibility that they're going to have to figure that out instead of continuing to kick the can down the road. And everybody is coming back healthy. So Oswald Peraza probably didn't get squeezed out. I think we all, you know, we're we're coming to that conclusion. But there's so much to sort out. It was good to see Rizzo back looking fully healthy. Uh, I mean, he couldn't stand up two weeks ago, under two weeks ago. It it was the Wednesday before the Twins game where they're like, yeah, he's got to go on the IL because his brain hurts all the time. And it's like, we're never going to see him again. LeMahieu, we still haven't seen, but Rizzo's back and Rizzo hit a bomb in his first game back. Huge, massive. Uh, He's one away from a career high. So monstrous uh, for everybody, not just, but for him personally, that's a huge comeback. Uh, the, The Cole can't like, Nothing makes me matter than seeing Garrett Cole matched up against someone who's bad. You just know that whether the Yankees need the game or not, and yesterday they really needed it, and thank goodness they rallied and got it, and the bullpen held off, and Wandy Peralta was exactly who I wanted in that 12-6 game, and he entered rare stinker. It was weird, but uh, yeah, Clay Holmes with the bailout, etc. They needed that game, and they didn't get what they needed from Garrett Cole. Uh, these are a couple of the matchups. Garrett Cole against Jason Alexander yesterday. He he didn't show up looking as, as good as he could have. Garrett Cole against Nick Pavetta in Boston. They won that game 7-6, but obviously no thanks to Cole. Garrett Cole against Mitch White in the third game of the Blue Jays series a couple weeks ago. They lost that one. Of course they did. They staved off the Blue Jays gaining four games on them in four days by winning the fourth game of that series. Garrett Cole on August 31st uh, against Patrick Sandoval. He lost in Anaheim. Of course he did. Uh, Garrett Cole has lost two separate games this year where he matched up against Jordan Lyles. And it's not really fair to throw... Uh, Garrett Cole lost to Ryan Yarbrough in the Rays' bullpen a couple weeks ago. It's not really fair to throw this one in because obviously Clay Holmes was the one... This was the Clay Holmes implosion game against Cincinnati. But Garrett Cole did lose Garrett Cole against Graham Ashcraft. <laughs> like, Cole didn't. <laughs> But you just know you're in for something messed up when you see Cole versus like the worst pitcher you've ever seen in the pregame preview. You're like, this is something, something's up here. Something's gonna happen. And like, yeah, I don't. I blame Clay Holmes who who walked the bases loaded, and then Wandy Peralta ended up giving up the tie breaking run, etc. But I also do blame the Yankees for scoring only three runs against Graham Ashcraft, setting that one up for failure. Three nothing in the ninth. I mean, you should win that game, but you should also be up twelve nothing in the ninth inning of. Cole Ashcraft all this is to say that I've seen a lot of people doing victory laps lately when when Cole and the Yankees lose a Cole start to a horrible pitcher and and lose a clear mismatch it's happened so many times this year yeah I'm numb to it you're numb to it your yesterday felt like it was it was poised to be the worst example yet of that they need the win to stave off a sweep 
Jason Alexander is a pitch-to-contact 29-year-old rookie. The Milwaukee Brewers are basically saying, we're excited to win the first two, and we're going to peace out on this third one. The Yankees put runners on the corners, one out in the first inning. Donaldson strike him out, throw him out, double play, and you're like, here we go. Next inning, three-run homer. Yankees answer back. Solo shots, 4-1 go. Here we go. At least in the postseason, theoretically, Garrett Cole will be facing top-tier talent. He's going to be facing aces and twos and stuff. But whether the Yankees end up winning the division or they get stuck in this little wildcard playoff series, I think you have to seriously consider starting Nestor Cortez, depending on the matchup and the opening series, uh, opening game of a series. They won't. They won't. And they're also not going to consider it because they didn't pay Nestor Cortez to handle ace duties. But watch those two guys back-to-back against the Red Sox last weekend. Who, whose start were, were you enjoying more? Whose start felt more unpredictable? Garrett Cole getting beat 98 up in the zone now. We talked in the past about, like, well, he's he's got to get back to – doing that high fastball, facing his whole arsenal on that high fastball. Tyrone Taylor got him 98 up. Maybe that fastball is just not as invincible as he thinks it is. He he knows it's coming now. So it's time to mix things up again, Garrett, no matter who your opponent is. I want to talk a little bit more about Aaron Judge before we pivot to Aaron Hicks' commentary because we touched on this earlier, uh, but uh, the the Shohei Otani discourse is hitting like uh, an all-time fever pitch. And you look at the sports books and you look at the gamblers who know, and Aaron Judge for MVP is like plus 200,000 right now. Like everybody Minus. everywhere in, in every, yeah, no, no, <laughs> huge underdog. Uh, yeah, it's it's minus like 200K. Like everybody in every book knows the Judge is the huge favorite. And he is for good reason. He is chasing the Triple Crown, which was the difference in the Miguel Cabrera-Mike Trout MVP chase in 2012. He's chasing Roger Maris's record. And again, not just chasing it, but likely to pass it. And if he doesn't pass it, we can reopen the books and have this conversation again. But he is having the most historic season in modern baseball history and a top 10 season in the history of the game. If he breaks his home run mark, he is your MVP. It takes a lot to dethrone Shohei Otani. A lot. It would take an historic offensive season from a spectacular defender, which Aaron Judge is. He defends center field now. The Yankees have him bouncing from right to center to cover their gaps. So without that, sure, Otani is your MVP, but that exists. So unless you're going to tell me Otani is just going to win the MVP by default every year, then this is the year for Judge to take it. Otani will probably be next season's MVP because Aaron Judge probably won't be doing this again, or he'll be in the National League. (laughs) But the Otani people are beginning to lose their minds. Uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. uh, had a conversation with Hector Gomez or or with Z Deportes this, this week where he said, and look, he's a little bit ahead of himself. He said, you know, it's Judge, no contest. Otani's been spectacular. But if Judge doesn't win the MVP, it's going to be, quote, another steal. Basically calling his MVP loss to Otani last year a steal. I wouldn't go that far. I would say that last year Otani was having the best offensive season in baseball and a top 10 pitching season. And we'd never seen it. And he completed the full year and... He's your MVP regardless of the out. The Blue Jays didn't make the playoffs either. So if those are your top two candidates, both on non-playoff teams, neither one of them led their team to anything particularly memorable, but Otani changed the world. So I think, yeah, you give him the MVP last year. This year, I mean, I'm over in the corner waving my arms around saying the MVP should be coming from a winning team. But if everybody agrees that that's not a prerequisite or whatever, yeah, Otani could get it this year. But it would be a steal if he took it from Judge, objectively, if Judge is making history. The Otani people have lost 
all modicum of credibility. Uh, Ryan Spader, who's like the chief Otani guy, tweeted at Vlad Jr. this morning, you can't pitch like an ace and neither can judge, you little bitch. Huh. He's, so that, he's surpassed Ben Verlander? So, yeah, he is surpassed. I haven't seen Ben Verlander tweet at Vlad Jr., you're a little bitch. So, for now, yeah, he's gotten he's surpassed Ben Verlander in my crosshairs. Um, it's just, it, we, we're now resorting to name calling. We're two and a half weeks out from the end of the season, and everybody's sort of, big, even the people who were skeptical at first are like, ah, he's going to hit 64 home runs. He's probably the MVP. And the people who are still left on Otani Island are calling dissenters a bitch uh and and to me it's just kind of like it's almost like i wrote this it's like you're just desperately trying to discredit how spectacular judges season is like if otani and the angels were cruising to the aos title for me he's gonna win the mvp probably in that case but they're not he's not helping them and it's almost like he's the most unique player in baseball it's it's almost like you're like aaron judge yeah he's gonna hit 64 homers but like can he set a hot dog eating record? Well, he's no Joey Chestnut. It's like, okay, well, those are two completely different that you're just looking for something judge can't do yeah. and judge can't pitch. So it's like, I mean, this, there would be no conversation if there weren't a guy alive who can both pitch and hit at an all-star level. However, if he's ever going to lose an MVP, it's this year. And I also just want to point out that Craig Goldstein, the editor in chief of baseball prospectus, went viral this week uh editor-in-chief for basically uh making the kind of point that jared carabas would make (laughs) and i i called it uh, a carabas tweet in a top hat because it is um and i actually can't find his tweet right now i think (laughs) i think he may have blocked me did he delete it no, I don't oh, think he deleted it. I can't even find his profile. I think he might have blocked me because I just oh, wrote God. it. Hang on. This guy doesn't know the second half of the Yanks Go Guard podcast. What a fool. Yeah. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Oh, did he delete this? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Here it is. Here it is. So, folks, um, yesterday uh, in the bottom of the – or the top of the seventh, I'm sorry. Oh, I, found, I found him, too. He didn't oh, block me, by the way. I wish he had. 
Uh, Luis Perdomo came in for the Brewers uh, out of the bullpen. Had Judge on a one-two count on the ropes. Brewers down five. This game doesn't matter. Hung one in there. Judge destroyed it. 440 feet or 450 feet or something. Baseball Craig, again, editor-in-chief of baseball prospectus. Judge is absolutely amazing, but somehow every other home run is some trash middle-middle breaking ball. How do people keep doing this? Okay. Um, Okay. And then we had the classic backtrack, which I'll let you have that up. Oh, yeah, I got it all up. So he, he, he said, uh, yeah, every other home run is this trash middle middle breaking ball. How do people keep doing this? Then he threaded a whole bunch of like judge absolutely laying waste to middle middle breaking balls, which. So we're in agreement, Craig, like people shouldn't be throwing judge strikes anymore. But this is the editor in chief of baseball perspectives. Punish. He's so bored with judges success. Probably because he's a Yankee. And am I Yankee biased? Yeah, I root for the team. But are, is a lot of the mainstream media Yankee biased in the other direction? Absolutely, because they do not like them. And you shouldn't like the Yankees. Why would you if you weren't a fan? But you can't deny that somebody cherry-picking judge hitting homers off hanging breaking balls is anti-Yankee boredom. Just trying to stir stuff up. Uh, because players miss mistakes all the time. As many people in the comments pointed out, a a mistake pitch is not a guarantee of a home run. You still have to execute in order to hit a hanging breaking ball out of the ballpark. You could hit a hanging breaking ball off the wall. You could line it down the line. You could rip a single. You could pop it foul. There are many non-home run outcomes of hanging breaking balls. I'm sure you could find some videos of Judge getting hanging breaking balls that don't leave the yard. But recently, yeah, he's been doing some damage on mistake pitches. The editor-in-chief of Baseball Perspectives very well knows that most home runs are not hit on 98-mile-an-hour fastballs on the corner. We, uh, we'll say, when that happens, what do we say? Great job of hitting. Oh, my God. What a job. Oh, great. He went down and got that one. It's a feat. When that happens, it's rare. You celebrate it because it's like, oh, the pitcher made his pitch, and he still went yard. Are you expecting all of Judge's 59 homers to be that? To be him digging breaking balls out of the dirt? To be him, you know, knifing off 99 at the chest over the right? Is that what you're expecting? Because that was that was never going to happen. Like, if somebody has 59 home runs, some of them are going to be off bad pitches. So then, you know what's fucking crazy before you go no, on? I don't know what's fucking crazy. So in this, in this thread, right, he had the thread of this tweet. Not criticizing Judge. He said what he said. It was dumb. And then he has the thread of Judge hitting other homers off breaking balls. The first was against Garrett Whitlock in a 4-3 game that the Red Sox were leading, and Judge hit a game-tying home run in the top of the eighth. You're trying to discredit a clutch home run? And then his other one was, I can't see this pitcher's name because I'm blind, but it was somebody on the Twins in the day of that doubleheader, I believe it was, and the it was a tie game in the sixth or the eighth. I, again, oh, yeah. I can't see. That was and our Joe boy McGill. It was who? It was McGill. It was some reliever named McGill. It was yeah. right after – this is the first game of that series. The Yankees blew the 2 nothing lead. Gary Sanchez yes. hit his 470-foot homer, and Judge responded with yeah. – a, a massive two-run homer to break but a tie. That's your evidence? If if you're going to provide evidence, have it be against middle relief slop 
in a game where the Yankees are up or down five runs, where it, you know, virtually in your opinion, and probably in the, the opinion of many others, the hit doesn't matter. You know, that's a lot of the stat compiling and stat padding stuff we talk about, especially with players such as, and I'm not saying it, but you look at Trout and Otani, and you can look at their stats mostly as padding because they've been out of it since they fired Joe Madden when they went on the 14-game losing streak or whatever it was. So once they dug themselves that hole, they were virtually playing unimportant baseball since May. Uh, so I don't know how you can – again, his, his final point here is how do they keep doing this? But also you have to – you have to pitch to unless you want to intentionally walk him. If you're not intentionally walking to him, you have to pitch to him. So what do you want them to do? Not throw their off speed pitch. I, I don't, I don't, or even, even so, how do you mean to discredit judge with clutch hits against again, Garrett Whitlock is pretty much an elite reliever, I guess, among AL, yes. AL folks, especially, I mean, among Red Sox fans, he surely is. He might as well be the next Cy Young winner. Um, but yeah, this is just crazy. One of the reasons a lot of batters get middle middle soft is that they can't be all be a giant human with incredible knack for hard talent for hard talent in the middle of one of the most ridiculous stretches of his very good career at this point. I'd avoid him. Maybe I'm built different. Parentheses scared. I mean, if I I don't mean to edit the editor in chief, but what does an incredible knack for hard talent mean? That's not a that's not a phrase. If I were editing this, I would circle that and say write a phrase um yeah and then he followed it up i mean the, i just the internet thing i can't stand and i've done this in the past by the way because i'm a wimp one time i had a facebook status that was like game of thrones sucks and everybody was like you don't even watch it and i was like no i don't i watched five minutes and it was enough for me to know it sucked and then the comments <laughs> blew me up for an hour and a half and then i deleted it because i was at the u.s open and it was really unpleasant to read my friends calling me rightfully out and then one of them was like, you deleted your take? You are you are dumpy. And I was like, yes, this is very – it was embarrassing. I made the wrong move. And a bad, I had a bad take, and then the discourse got too hot and, fl- and roasted me, and then I deleted it. It was, it was the wrong decision to do that because it, it did not make the problem go away. It made everybody go, now you're a double idiot. This guy <laughs> double idiot. Lit, lit the match and decided to say, that Aaron Judge sure does hit a lot of home runs off hanging breaking balls, doesn't he? And then responded to his own tweet with, I want to clarify a few things since people are still replying to this. It was not a knock on Judge in any way, shape, or form. I am very aware a lot of batters get middle, middle, slop and don't do this. That's why I think it's ridiculous people are bothering to pitch to him. The third one, yes, absolutely, but the first one's not an example of that. And then it was not a knock on judge in any way, shape, or form. Just because you use in any way, shape, or form doesn't make it not a knock on judge. It was. You were saying judges homering off bad pitches. It's a knock on judge. It's not like the knock of the century, but it's a knock on judge. You looked at Aaron Judge's season and you said, eh, this at-bat's not that impressive, and neither's this one, and neither's this one. I think I'll tweet about it. And <laughs> I am very aware a lot of batters get middle, middle slop and don't do this. I am very aware is a very pretentious thing to say. Uh, it's the kind of thing a lot of people say uh, when they're in fact not aware of something <laughs> that they were aware of it. But in this case, I know the editor in chief of baseball prospectus is aware that a lot of batters get middle, middle slot and don't do this. I know he's aware of that. Still said it. I hope still he's still aware of it. Infl- I would hope he's aw- still put the inflammatory tweet out there. Um, and and it's, it's a classic like, 
initial tweet leaves out key piece of information. Everyone else goes and fills in that key piece of information. And then initial tweeter comes back to be like, obviously, I knew that thing I didn't say. Why didn't you say it? Why wasn't it in the first tweet? But the worst part of all is he spent the next like 14 hours after this tweeting over and over again, like, whoop, leaving my own discourse. Goodbye. Like my mentions are a tire fire. Why did you do it then? You you did it like and again, I, I when I was 26, I once fell into this trap, my friend, Craig. I said something inflammatory. Didn't think people would take it quite as inflammatory. I thought we were all going to have a good time. We had a bad time. And I deleted it, and I got embarrassed. Kudos for leaving the initial tweet up, unlike Ryan Spader, who deleted the thing where he called Vlad Jr. a bitch. Um, <laughs> but, like, dude, I mean, I, I can't deal with, like, hmm... I'm going to put a little bit of dog poop on this pristine street of Aaron Judge's season. And everyone's like, why'd you put the dog poop there? And then two hours later, you're like, hmm, seems like the dog poop I put has caused a bit of a stir. Uh-oh, yikes. Y'all have too much to say about the thing I did. I guess I'll leave. Um, well, Craig, you can block me if you want after this. I, I understand. I, I went pretty ham. And another guy who works for Baseball Perspectives a couple weeks ago, I popped in for two seconds to do a bit in his replies about the Judge oh, Otani discourse. And then he was like, who are you? And what are you doing in my replies? And I was like, I'm replying to someone I know who was in your replies. And he was like, ugh. And then he went on a tweet rant about how being a public figure makes people think they're entitled to talking to you. And like, I, I don't know how public a figure you are. I don't really know you very much but I, I sent him into an existential spiral and i hope i don't do the same thing to craig i feel bad i don't know what with these guys but we're all having a little fun jared Carabas in a top hat and a monocle we're just having a little bit of fun we need there needs to be some sort of uh realignment of twitter just social media in general um i feel like nobody really knows what they're saying anymore I tweeted on the Inksco Yard account, does anybody hit us as hard as Willie Adamas? Get us out of Milwaukee or something. And a bunch of people replied like, um, Edgar Martinez much? David Ortiz much? It's like, it's just, it's an obvious exaggeration. Yeah. It's We're like in the middle people, of the series in Milwaukee. Oh, thanks for reminding me about David Ortiz. Like, yeah. how could you take that in that direction? We've just never been this like as a, as a society. You've never been this connected. You never had this much access to um, information, and you've never been exposed uh, in, a, in from the human the human race. The human race has never been exposed to all different types of sarcasm and sense of humor. And we just there's less and less of a grasp on the communication every single fucking day. There is no consequence for people. There needs to be a consequence, like. You know, like picture in real life, if you if Brian Spader were to be at a Blue Jays press conference post gamer and he said, you can't pitch, you little bitch. Like yeah. you have to face the potential consequence of Vlad jumping over the table and choke slamming you through a bunch of chairs. So what's the Twitter equivalent of that? We're like someone like Vlad hits like the reply button and then goes to Twitter and is like, he's banned for 10 days. I want him banned or I'm going to beat him up. Or, like, yeah. getting banned for 10 days is the equivalent of me kicking your ass. Um, or, because- like, yeah, he tweets that, and Vlad can press that Amazon Prime button to send a Kia Optima to Ryan Spader's house and put it on his bill. It's like, mm, sorry, one one car coming to your house. You got to pay. Yeah, the idea just- of him at the press conference going around the room, like, yes, uh, you next. 
Uh, yeah. Hi, Ryan Spader. Uh, Twitter and no media outlet. Uh, you're a little bitch. <laughs> Phrasing it like a question. Vlad Jr., do you pitch? Okay, great. Follow-up question. You're a little bitch. <laughs> Unbelievable. I just don't yeah, know David Ortiz and Edgar Martinez. David Willie Adamas has a long way to go before he's as much of a Yankee killer as David yeah. Ortiz and Edgar Martinez. Oh. Uh, fingers crossed he doesn't oh. get that far. Before we go, we'll, we'll talk about Aaron Hicks for just a couple of minutes. Who can, can kick do, my ass? I'd ask Aaron Hicks. Another forty-five minutes. Though. We could do another forty-five minutes on Aaron Hicks. We won't. We, we don't want to do that to everybody. But the timing, Aaron. Just the, this is just the wag of the finger of the week to Aaron Hicks because he was pulled off the field last week, Friday night. It's been now uh, 10 days since Aaron Hicks stared at a fair ball and let two guys score, then misplayed a line drive double in what to that point was the Yankees' biggest game of the year. He was pulled out of the game, not off the field in the middle of the inning, but didn't get another at-bat, left the game. Esteban Florial came in. And in the wake of that, said all the right things, I have to perform better. I mean, platitudes. It's not like he, oh, he he was like, you know, do I think I could have helped the team? Yes. Do I think, you know, this should have happened to me? I, I wish I had the opportunity to play, but I got to play better. And, you know, whatever the manager thinks is right, he thinks is right. And we were like, wow, horrible mistake by Aaron Hicks. But at least he copped to it a little bit. And in the aftermath, kind of said the right stuff. And his Yankee career might be over. But at least he kind of seems to know where he stands does an exclusive with the post this weekend in the middle of a Milwaukee series where the team is when this comes out, they've lost the first two games of the series. He's also played significant reps in both of those games and starts going off about how you look at Joey Gallo in LA. And I heard on a podcast that he feels better than he used to because of how Dave Roberts is treating him. Joey Gallo has the same numbers in LA that he did in New York. So I'm glad he feels better, but the performance still isn't there. You want to go to L.A. and play like Joey Gallo? Feel free. The trade deadline passed a month and a half ago, so not happening this year. You are making these comments at the worst possible time. Yankees are coming up on a playoff run, not the trade deadline. There's no recourse for getting you off the team at this point. Everybody knows it's going to dominate the offseason, and it's going to be a problem, and they're going to have to try to clear three years and $30 million. Nobody's excited to do that. But when asked about your Yankee future – you are putting the team in a really difficult spot by bringing up ways to get out at the exact time when there is no way for you to get out and the team needs you arguably more than ever because Oswaldo Cabrera is learning left field. They're going to try to get him in there, but Giancarlo Stanton can't really play the outfield. It's going to be Judge Bader in right and center, probably as long as Bader's healthy. Then left field is a question mark, question mark, question mark. Without Benintendi, it's not Stanton. It's not Gallo. It could be Cabrera learning a new position. It could be Hicks. It could be judge and center Bader in left, which is an unnatural fit and not helpful because Bader's one of the best defensive center fielders in baseball. So they're either going to need Aaron Hicks to talk Oswaldo Cabrera through some things, or they're going to need him to play more than they want him to. And right before that happened, he decided to complain about the manager treating him right and not getting enough reps to get into rhythm. He, he was like, well, you know, it's hard to play when you're not playing every day. You're in 120 games, Aaron. The problem is you've played too many games. <laughs> if that's not enough games to get in your rhythm, then I'm sorry. That's that's enough games. 100%. And it's the second, if, if we're if we're to math here, um, it's the second most at bats in a single season in his entire career. 420. The next closest was his career year with the Yankees. 
um, after which Brian Cashman gave him a seven-year extension because he saw the um, prolonged progress out of an unfinished product for the first time and then rewarded that with a seven-year extension. So for the 20th time, um, Aaron Hicks being here is not Aaron Hicks's fault. Aaron Hicks being here is Brian Cashman's fault. And at the time of that contract extension, you will find maybe 5% of Yankee fans who are like, hey, you know what? This could be financially prudent. $10, 10 million a year for a guy who could put it You know what? Saving some big bucks on a player. You know, he cares. He, like, he plays all-around player. I like his defense. Yeah. Okay. Um, the problem with Hicks is, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, sure, I won't. There really hasn't been an outrage around Aaron Hicks until a couple months ago. And um, the Joey Gallo chants in the outfield the other day were yeah, like, not very you know, nice. Not very nice. But before that, there definitely wasn't a singular moment where, I no. mean, there were your average booze. There were the same booze yeah. that people have Joe for Joe Stanton's been abused by booze since day one. Yeah. So are we condoning poor fan behavior? No. Are fans allowed to boo? Yes. Are fans allowed to curse at you and throw shit at you? No. I mean, we would love if we lived in a world where that didn't happen. Uh, has that happened to Aaron Hicks? Probably got cursed out a bunch. Don't think he's had anything thrown at him. Um, but this is all self-inflicted from Aaron Hicks, um, especially this year. I understand um, the last three-ish years have been problematic for him. Tommy John and um, uh, the end of 2018, beginning of 2019, he only played in 59 games in 2019. Uh, the short in 2020, um, he was sucked of power uh, and was an okay, solid, unspectacular baseball player. Um, 2021, he needs that wrist surgery. He plays in 32 games. This year, he comes back after playing all those, all all of those, by the way, which were after his contract extension. Those were the, the big money years. Comes back 120 games. He's batting 216 with a 308 slugging. He's OPS plusing 84. He's OPSing 635. This is all well below average. He has seven homers. He has eight doubles. He has 17 extra base hits in 120 games. So on what planet are you not getting the playing time you need? Because once again, this is a Brett Gardner situation where it was, okay, it'd be nice to use Aaron Hicks off the bench. Like, you know, you get done with last year and you're like, okay, he was injured again. It's probably not the time to keep playing him as a starter. He could be luxury off the bench, though. He draws walks. He plays solid defense. Um, he could be an asset, and now you kind of just have to eat it because you paid him too much money and you fucked up. Big deal. Aaron Hicks, though, how many defensive gaps have we seen this year? How many? There, there's been far too many. How much lethargy have we seen in the field? And it culminated in that play with the Rays. Before the season started, Aaron Hicks went on CC Sabathia's podcast with Ryan Rucco and said the Yankees' new slogan was going to be, have some fuck you. Hmm. And then here we are a couple weeks ago, and he's telling Chris Kirshner of The Athletic, The Athletic, which is pretty much the gold standard for sports journalism if you're a reader of traditional sports journalism owned by The New York Times. I think you guys know all of it. It's a lot of insiders there. You get a lot of – um, objective information from inside sources, information that you probably can't get from the average blogger dopes like us. Mm. And he tells Chris Kirshner of The Athletic where this is going to be reported in a post-game article, quote, if I'm a guy that's in the lineup, cool. If I'm not, it is what it is. So a couple weeks or months ago, you say that, and then you're mm. now it's it's too tough to play in New York because there's too many boos. 
Now it's your managers, mis- uh, you know, not utilizing you properly. Now it's just, it seems like a gallow situation. And look, these guys can talk to me. We can sort it out. We can have a conversation. I don't know. They probably don't want to. They have no reason to want to. I'm a nobody. But it seems like both of these guys, Joey Gallo and Aaron Hicks, while absorbing a very minute aspect of the blame here for their poor play, are figuring out ways to deflect on other things that are not at all anybody's fault except theirs. You playing poorly is your fault. You being given excessive playing time despite you not deserving it um, is uh, a second, a third, a fourth chance that most other major leaguers don't get, and you have continually not been able to deal with that. Your inability to mentally handle New York is not anybody else's problem except yours, unfortunately. You agreed to play here. Aaron Hicks signed the seven-year extension. Joey Gallo may be in a different boat. He didn't really agree to play here. He got traded, and then that was that. Um, But I don't see any benefit here for either of these guys. Joey Gallo took accountability for his play. He had that sad exit interview with, again, the athletic Lindsey Adler. It was a great read. Um, But then on his way out, was talking about how he was just trying to get the fans off his back, how he didn't feel safe walking around the streets of New York, but cited no evidence as to why that he felt that way. It was very bizarre. Um, Then Michael K went off on him. So it's just this upsetting kind of feel around these players who are unwilling to just fully accept blame for just not playing well. Um, And yeah, the fans can get in your head. The fan, the, the whole discourse around that is difficult and it's nuanced because we've never been, I think if we had like, Hey drunk, are you still there? If drunk Mm -hmm. had like an audio feed to the podcast and he was just booing us the whole time, I think Mm -hmm. that'd probably get in our heads and we'd fuck up here and there. Um, It'd be pretty difficult. Um, but that's not the nature of our job, unfortunately. Um, and you signed up to play in New York for seven years. I don't know on what planet you being here for three years prior to that, you kind of didn't understand how New York operated and how it would kind of treat you if you weren't meeting expectations. Um, and again, not any mistreatment Aaron Hicks's way up until the last couple months when fans were fed up with what seemed to be his effort, um, what seemed to be his body language. Um, and I, I don't fit like, you know, I'm the fans are right to be frustrated and there's no one else to blame. Aaron Boone has given this guy every opportunity he could batted him lead off, batted him third, batted him eighth, put him in center field, put him in left field. I think he's even played right maybe once or twice. I could be wrong though, but he, he's had position switches. He's DH a bunch. There has been countless efforts to take the pressure off him. He's now only playing on the road, which is better for him. Cause he got five hits in this series. He went five for 16 or something and hit a home run and scored four runs. Um, so now he seems to be benefiting from no longer playing in home games because he cannot do that after what he did against the Rays last Friday on Derek Jeter Hall of Fame night. That was Derek Jeter Hall of Fame night that he did that, by the way. So what do you think is going to happen when that's your play output on a night where arguably the, the biggest legend in franchise history is being honored in front of the crowd? So I don't know what guys like Aaron Hicks or Joey Gallo expect. Um, also, you don't see things on a podcast, Aaron. You hear them. Um, and secondly, Joey Gallo is not – the only reason Joey Gallo is performing well in L.A. or is having a better time in L.A. is because the fans are not focused on him. The Dodgers are winning ball games. They have other players contributing. The Yankees did a poor job with constructing their roster. But here's the rebuttal. Neither Aaron Hicks nor Joey Gallo were brought into New York to do anything more than what fans expected of them. They were brought here – and the expectations were fairly low for Aaron Hicks, who was acquired for John Ryan Murphy in fucking 2016. And Joey Gallo, we were hoping, would lengthen the lineup and add more pop from the left side of the plate. 
Nobody was asking Joey Gallo to hit for average. No one was asking Aaron Hicks to be a five-tool player. No one was asking anything or expecting anything beyond of what these guys could contribute in their natural environment, what the, what we have seen before, and, and uh, you know, a fraction of what their maximum ceiling would be. So I don't know where this uh, this feeling of being mistreated or being unfairly expected to do things is coming from, which is the vibe I'm getting, I have gotten from both of them. And it just doesn't make any sense to me because these guys are, these guys are and were um, supporting actors on a cast full of stars, full of stars. The, the pressure could not have been taken, uh, you know, dialed down more for them. I mean, I know Aaron Hicks has had a couple of memorable Yankee moments, obviously number one being homering off Verlander in the ALCS off the foul pole. Um, which is honestly a legendary moment. Um, but uh, to, you know, to, to kind of put blame elsewhere, deflect the conversation to outside of anything of what you're doing on the field, I think is just irresponsible. He said some stuff in that interview where he was like, I got lighter this off season and I lost some of my power. And it's like, that was, I was, I'm glad I knew that because otherwise I would not be, you know, clear on why you lost all your power. I would have very little faith in you bouncing back next year. Maybe you train better. Maybe you do come back next season stronger but at the same time you can't help but feel like his Yankee career is over you can't help but feel like they're going to have to attach a real prospect to him to get him off the roster but if you can't play him in home games you probably can't keep him on the team uh if they win the World Series this year that is the only way Aaron Hicks is back next opening day because if they do win the World Series this year whether he's a part of it or not he can at least he get booed at the ring ceremony he can laugh and he can go I got a ring I don't care and fans might not boo him. They might just give him less applause than everybody else because the pressure of the past decade and a half would be off. If they fall short again, he cannot be on the team next year. And I think he knows that. That is it for this extra long edition of the Inks Go Yard podcast. You never thought we would be talking for an hour 15 about losing two out of three in Milwaukee and taking two games with the Boston Red Sox and being six up in the East over both the Rays and Jays with 16 to go. Yanks in a good spot. Yanks not done, but hey, there were ever time to lose two out of three to the Brewers. It was probably this weekend, and we got a hell of a lot of good out of what could have been all bad. The Aaron Judge stuff, very good. The Aaron Hicks quotes, very interesting. And we're going to talk to you again on Thursday before the Yankees start a four-game set with the Red Sox. Aaron Judge's record is looming. They play on Apple TV Friday night. That is, not, that is not the game that people want to see Aaron Judge break the record in, folks. It just is not. But two against the Pirates. Rowanzi Contreras pitching on Wednesday. Revenge grudge match could be interesting. Yanks should be favored to beat the Pirates in both of those games. We'll see if they do. And we'll see how much damage Judge does, if any. We'll be right back to talk to you on Thursday while preparing for a potential postseason schedule. In the meantime, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag. You see, Ken, we steered back Ken. to it. I did it. I, yeah. I got her there. Just I knew we would. Would. Here's a mailbag question. Ken, it was answered. Thank you. Yeah, I knew we would get there. We, I knew I when you said that, I knew I had a lot more to say about Otani and Judge. And uh, yeah, Otani should win the second place in the MVP race this year by uh, probably unanimously, but not first. No, not not my world. Uh, we're going to be live Mondays and Thursdays, 2 o'clock Eastern time, and then we're going to figure out a playoff schedule. We'll be on a lot more during the postseason. Most likely, hopefully, it lasts long enough for us to get back on. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib, Thomas Carinante. Where can the people find you? At Tommy's underscore page. You can also find both of us on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. Our bylines are also at YanksGoYard.com. Plenty of content there for you, as usual. Um, man, 
four game set against the Red Sox this weekend. Hopefully judge can do it. Then that'd be pretty awesome. And then Xander Bogarts falls farther down in the batting title race and judge can supplant him there. Um, but Apple TV, they got a MLB. I mean, just figure it out. Just it's not Apple TV on Friday. Tell, um, you know, tell whoever's running the show at Apple, they just have to suck eggs for the night. It's gotta be a nationally televised game. Um, or it just has to be accessible to cable users or it just has to be free. If you have an app, it's, you know, if you have the Apple app, you just pop in and you just, you have it for free. It's history. No one's ever really going to get to see it again. Imagine if there was like a paywall back in the day. Actually, well, no, you had to go to games back in the day. There was no TV. Like, Dude, yeah, way, way so back in the day, you had to go look at sports. Let's not have a pay. Let's not have a real paywall like that where you're restricted from actually seeing things unless you're at the game. Again, everything at our disposal. Never been more disconnected. Be better on Twitter. Root for the Yankees. Enjoy the day off. I'll talk to you again on Thursday. If they had a paywall back in the 30s, it was a wall that kids used to stand on top of each other's shoulders to see over. We'll see you on Thursday. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.